bone cancer. Every day for six weeks, I'd drive him 70 miles to Mankato for radiation. For those of you who've heard, I'll summarize that my dad had been a hard man in many ways, but I loved him. Those trips gave us a chance to really bond. I had been pastoring for about eight years when he moved from his home to be near us. He said, I finally realized that I didn't own my home. My home owned me. One day while I was in Arkansas, I called him. I've got some bad news, he said. It was the cancer that would take the life out of his body. To get to where he was now was quite the journey. The name of the program is Life Journeys. My name is Terry Hardica, and we're learning how to navigate the pathway of life through some difficult times and believe God. Dad had never confessed faith in Christ through all of my young years. It seemed impossible that this hard-drinking, angry man would ever change. If you know someone who will seemingly never accept God's love into his life, you need to hear this. The year was 1977. I came home for college break with my family. I'd been working hard at school and at the engineering firm to make ends meet. To come out of college debt-free meant a lot of diligence, and now I just needed a break. When I walked into my parents' home, there was Mom sitting in the rocker, curled up in a fetal position. Dad was hollering. I had heard enough over the years. Dad, get down the basement. I've got to settle this, I thought. Enough is enough. I had been learning these verses. Jesus had told a rich man that if he wanted to enter heaven, he needed to keep the commandments. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus said, keep the commandments. Matthew 19, verses 20 through 26, talk about this. All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I yet lack, he said. Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect, go and sell what you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus to his disciples, Truly I say to you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Dad was financially well off. That may have been part of his problem. But on this night I didn't have time to analyze anything. I knew all things were possible in my own limited way. I had spent a few minutes with my mother that evening, and then I went downstairs. Dad was waiting on the couch. Dad, this has got to stop. It's time that you got right and made your peace with God. There wasn't an argument. There was no hesitation. You see, when God is in it, 
You don't need a long sermon. What do I have to do, he said. I simply told him, confess your sins, and if you believe in Jesus as your Savior, take him as your Savior and Lord. We need to pray together and do just that. Again, with no hesitation and with no direction and no model for him to follow, he immediately fell to his knees. And there, in the end of a wild week and nearing burnout, I led my dad to Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God. As hard as dad was, God's got a bigger hammer. Years earlier, a preacher said, As much as your dad has to deal with your mother, I'm not surprised he drinks. But things changed, and it happened while in a hard place. Don't forget that. Hard times are canvases upon which God paints his glory, and we're the paintbrushes. Yet now, here we were battling cancer ten years later. When the time came for him to stay hospitalized, the morphine was taking its toll along with the pain and discouragement. He'd look out his window and see the London Bridge, and then he'd see some partridge walking along. One day, as I walked into his room, he said he was going to take his life. He had the pills in his pocket and a plastic bag as well. He said, my quality of life is gone. I want to leave. I said, Dad, you showed me how to live. I still need you. Show me how to die. He had fallen back some from the Lord, and again I said, Enough. We need to pray together. As he bowed his head, closed his eyes, I prayed, and then I snuck that bag out of his hospital gown while his eyes were closed. I had made some cassette tapes, and in them I'd reminisce about our times hunting and fishing together. Then I'd play a song, read some scripture, and tell him another story. I think he wore out those three cassette tapes while he was there. But as is always the case, God's blessings don't often come in nicely packaged altar services. I was under a lot of pressure and talked with the doctor about it and about Dad. The doc said he could hang on for weeks, or he could go tomorrow. You need to take a week off or you won't have anything to give him. So one day while I was away, I called my secretary and she said, You're too late. Your dad died ten minutes ago. Oh, man. Dad died alone. I'll never forgive myself. God simply said, You have to start by forgiving others. With men, these things are impossible. We can take heartache in our lives and make ourselves miserable with things that others have long forgotten. If we'll simply live this grace of God, we'll find that many of the hard things, the offenses, and the feelings we'll leave when we realize we are never purely innocent ourselves. Never. God allowed what he did for a positive reason, even though the devil meant it for evil. Most of the impossible things in our lives aren't because of others, but because our own hearts are locked up, and only by acting on our faith will we be free. Through it all, I've learned that if I am bound up inside, no one else holds the keys to my liberty 
accept Jesus and my own will to choose to trust Him.